regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you're with us on the program today. Got a, a fascinating story for you out of Missouri. You recall uh, earlier this year, the Missouri legislature approved a Second Amendment. Well, it was called the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Uh, in essence, it's Second Amendment sanctuary language. This was uh, signed by uh, Governor Parson there in Missouri. Uh, and a couple of uh, counties in Missouri have filed suit challenging this new law that uh, that forbids local law enforcement or state law enforcement from cooperating with federal officials in enforcing uh, new federal gun control laws. Now, the Biden administration also weighed in on this as well, and uh, they objected to the law. They said that they felt like the law uh, violated the supremacy clause of the U.S. Constitution. I think the Biden administration is off base on this, by the way. Uh, but the Biden administration has not pursued federal litigation challenging the constitutionality of the Missouri law. Instead, they're leaving it up to uh, basically the, the, the Kansas City area, uh, Jackson County. Uh, there are yet two counties uh, in the Kansas City area that have filed suit uh, challenging the uh, Missouri law in state court. This is not a federal lawsuit. So it's interesting that the Biden administration has, you know, complained about this new law, but they're not actively taking steps to challenge the new law in court. As a matter of fact, uh, quite the opposite. The uh, Kansas City Star reporting that federal prosecutors are planning, quote, workarounds to the Second Amendment Preservation Act, according to emails, which we're going to get into this, but I'm going to tell you, this tells me that the Biden administration is actually taking, despite what they said, well, the law is unconstitutional, violates the privacy clause. They're actually taking this law seriously, which I think is... Good news. Now, not great news, because, again, they are trying to figure out a, 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 quote, workaround. According to the Kansas City Star, federal prosecutors in Kansas City have told police that they'll issue subpoenas to force testimony in federal gun cases when cooperation is needed in an effort to get around the potential constraints of the Second Amendment Preservation Act. This is, uh, I, I, it's an interesting idea. I don't know how, how far it's going to go. Uh, you know, if you've got local law enforcement agents who've been involved in cases previously, and these cases are now making their way to court, uh, and maybe these local jurisdictions say, look, under the Second Amendment Preservation Act, I don't know if I can testify, then maybe subpoenaing these uh, law enforcement officers and, and compelling their testimony works with those cases that are already in the pipeline. But the Second Amendment Preservation Act is really more about preventing local law enforcement from cooperating with federal officials in the enforcement of any new federal gun control laws, not not cases that are already in the pipeline. And so I don't know that this strategy is actually a, a, a long-term workaround uh, to the Second Amendment Preservation Act. Now, Kansas City Star reports that uh, Les Kerr, who's the law enforcement coordinator for the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Western District of Missouri, wrote in a June 17th email to police in his jurisdiction that the U.S. Department of Justice, quote, does not think this law is a proper legislative act. Again, if, if, if they really don't think it's a proper legislative act, why aren't they suing? Maybe because they don't believe it's a proper legislative act, but they know that this lawsuit, this, uh, this statute is actually on pretty firm legal ground. Uh, anyway, Kerr wrote in this email, quote, there's no doubt that every law enforcement agency in the Western District of Missouri is confused as to how to proceed. And while we cannot tell you how to proceed, we can let you know 
that the Department of Justice is taking this very seriously. Additionally, you should know that in the future, whenever our office needs a TFO to testify before a grand jury or any hearing in a case that could be impacted by the Missouri Second Amendment Preservation Act, we will compel their presence via subpoena in hopes that compulsory attendance will afford you a measure of protection. In other words, look, if you're being told you have to testify, um, you can't get in trouble for cooperating with federal officials in the enforcement of gun control laws, right? It's an interesting legal theory. I'm not an attorney, so I'm not going to uh, to weigh in on that. The Attorney General's office, by the way, isn't weighing in either. Eric Schmidt, the Missouri Attorney General, uh, his office declined to comment, citing the uh, pending lawsuit. Uh, as the Kansas City Star says, the Second Amendment law only allows local police to assist in federal cases in which the gun crimes are charged are similar to Missouri crimes. And those gun crimes are, quote, merely ancillary to the prosecution of other crimes. So let's say, for example, felon in possession case, right? It's, it's illegal under federal law to be a felon in possession of a firearm. It's illegal under Missouri law to be a felon in possession of a firearm. The way I read the Second Amendment Preservation Act, if the charge is only a felon in possession case, and we may not even be talking about a violent felon in possession, but it's only a, a felon in possession case, because that is a uh, illegal act under both state and federal law, law enforcement could cooperate with federal officials in that regard. Uh, however, if it's simply a matter of, look, we caught this nonviolent felon uh, in possession of a round of ammunition, and he's forbidden to possess a round of ammunition, so we're charging him federally, that could actually run into some problems. If it's, we caught this felon committed an armed robbery, or we believe this felon is responsible for an armed robbery, that, again, the law enforcement agencies would be more likely to be able to cooperate with these officials going forward. But, again, the real thrust of this law is not about the existing statutes on the books as much as it is about the new regulations that Biden is proposing, uh, the gun ban that Biden wants to put in place, and other uh, future gun control acts. Now, this was not the only email that the uh, Kansas City Star discovered. There was another email from another federal prosecutor that they reported on as well, uh, who's trying a, a different type of workaround. According to the Star, an official in the U.S. Attorney's Office earlier this month told an Independence Missouri police detective and an FBI and an FBI agent that he had assigned a case that they sent him to a prosecutor, but he was listing the FBI agent as the case agent to shield the detective from the ramifications of the gun law. That's from uh, Patrick Edwards, the uh, assistant U.S. attorney for the Western District. He said, quote, I'm anticipating possible 924C charges. That refers to a section of federal law that sets different sentences for certain crimes if the defendant possessed a firearm. With Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act in place, having the FBI agent as the case agent could protect the independence detective from issues down the road. I'm hoping, he writes, that everyone comes to their senses. Uh, he also said that he did not believe that these kinds of gun charges should make local officers liable under the Second Amendment law, but, quote, until we finally, until we have some finality on the issue, uh, I want to be cautious. Again, I, I think that shows that these U.S. attorneys are taking the Second Amendment Preservation Act seriously. They're not simply ignoring the law, as I'm sure Joe Biden uh, and a lot of Democrats would like them to do. They recognize, it seems to me anyway, that uh, despite the claims by the Department of Justice that, well, this law just has no legal basis, it violates the Constitution, um, that while this law is in effect, and the law is in effect right now, that these U.S. attorneys have to recognize 
what the state law of Missouri says. And I suspect that, you know, there probably is going to be a bit of a feeling out period here. I don't think the intent of the lawmakers in Missouri was to uh, preclude local law enforcement from involving themselves in uh, investigating violent crimes or even cooperating with federal officials in uh, arresting those accused of violent crimes. The intent clearly was to prevent local and state law enforcement agents from cooperating with the federal authorities in the uh, execution of enforcement of federal gun control laws, right? And again, we'll see what the courts have to say. I, I believe that based on U.S. versus Prince, uh, the Supreme Court decision from the 1990s that uh, established that county sheriffs do not have to uh, uh, perform the duties of federal law enforcement, they cannot be compelled to do so. I believe that that puts the Second Amendment Preservation Act on solid legal ground. Again, we're in the very early stages of the legal fight over the Second Amendment Preservation Act. But I have to say, despite the anti-gun rhetoric from the Department of Justice and the Biden administration, it is, uh, it's good to see that the U.S. attorneys there, at least in the Western District of Missouri, uh, are taking the new state law seriously. All right, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story. Our good deed of the day, our recidivist report as well, which, uh, by the way, comes from the Show Me State of Missouri. Washington, Missouri, as a matter of fact, a Washington man who, as a teenager, was part of a 2018 shootout between two vehicles, has been sentenced to five years of supervised probation after brokering a plea deal with the Franklin County, Missouri, Prosecuting Attorney's Office. 22-year-old Samuel Hayes Baker, arrested uh, almost three years ago, September 2018, after the Washington Police Department assisted by other local law enforcement agencies, was contacted by a victim who had sustained an injury during the shooting. So this shooting, again, was not even just a, you know, gun is discharged, but nobody was hurt. No, people were injured in this incident. Uh, the victim had not yet sought medical attention, but identified Baker as the shooter. According to police, following the shooting in the Washington Corner Shopping Center parking lot, one vehicle then drove away. Another, actually, both vehicles drove away, one going west, one going east. Uh, Baker later charged with one count of unlawful use of a weapon, one count of first-degree assault. Those are both felonies. Uh, one count of second-degree assault, which is also a felony, and one count of property damage, again, a felony. So you got four felonies that Baker's charged with, and then he ends up pleading guilty <laughs> uh, to, you know, something that uh, amounts to a probationary term. Among the terms of his probation... 175 hours of community service, complete mental health and substance abuse evaluation. Uh, if he violates the terms, by the way, he could face up to 24 years in prison. Which tells me that this is a serious crime. So why is there no prison time, no prison time up front? You just keep yourself on the straight and narrow, or we could potentially send you back to prison for 24 years. That didn't make much sense to me. Especially given the fact that Baker was already on probation at the time of the shooting. Yeah, how about that? In 2017, Baker was handed five years supervised probation for a felony charge of first-degree tampering with a motor vehicle after being accused of shooting out windows of vehicles and homes in 2016. So he, he gets in trouble for shooting at homes and at cars, and he's sentenced to five years probation. The next year, while he's on probation... He allegedly shoots someone in a parking lot, and he is allowed to plead guilty to a probationary sentence. What, what happened to the, the first probationary sentence that he was already on? 
because apparently Mr. Baker's not going to prison for any of these crimes, which uh, would be a problem. Certainly, for those of us who are Second Amendment supporters who want to see better enforcement of existing laws of the books, but I would argue that even gun control advocates would be upset by the lack of consequences for uh, young Mr. Baker here. All right, uh, finally, well, not finally, we've got a couple of things, a couple of businesses, uh, pieces of business to take care of here. But uh, next up, our armed citizen story. Man kills, I mean, this is a heck of a headline. Man kills naked man attempting to break into mother-in-law's home. Yeah, this was in uh, Simpson County, Mississippi. The uh, sheriff's office there called to the scene Monday night around 9 p.m. when a caller said a naked man was trying to break into her mother's home next door. The caller's husband apparently uh, went next door and confronted the naked man who was trying to break into the home. That uh, man uh, then tried to fight with the uh, son-in-law and was shot in the uh, torso and arm. Uh, the uh, suspect later identified as Clint Jones Jr., pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, Simpson County Sheriff's Office continues to investigate, but again, right now, it looks like this is a case of self-defense. I wish we had more details. Well, maybe not all of the details, but I wish we had uh, a little bit more information about uh, what happened here. We'll keep our eyes on this story and give you any updates as they become available. Uh, and now, finally, today, our good deed of the day, an officer in the right place at the right time. To save burning, uh, save uh, pets from a burning home in uh, California. This was uh, Grizzly Flats, California. Jarvis Opp, who's a uh, Highway Patrol officer there with the CHP, was towing a car when a grandfather with his grandkids drove up frantic and said that a house was on fire about two blocks away. So Op stops what he's doing with this, you know, toe, drives to the house, was told that there might be a child inside of that building. Uh, and uh, uh, and Op said, okay. He said, I've got five kids of my own. So I was just kind of the dad instinct in me kicked in, and I was just looking for kids. So Op and a sergeant make entry into the house. They're going room to room. He said, we're coughing. We could barely see. Um, they discovered nobody in the house. All the kids were accounted for. Uh, but he said, we kept finding cats. He said, so we're picking up cats while we're looking through the rooms, half a dozen. And there are barking dogs too. Uh, Jennifer McKinn Hibbard, who is the uh, mother of the, uh, uh, kids that, you know, were supposed to be in that house said, uh, thank goodness for the officer. She was at work when a fire broke out in the back of the home. Uh, again, nobody hurt. Op helped the uh, arriving fire chief douse the flames. Jennifer McKinn Hibbard says, From the bottom of my heart, I have to thank him for everything he did for both my two-legged and my four-legged babies. Uh, and Op says he's no hero, just doing what he's supposed to do. But uh, I would disagree. I, I, I think once those, you know, you've searched the house, no kids accounted for, staying in there to save the family pets, that's that's above and beyond. So in there, I, I think even going into that burning house, you know, Act of bravery. So uh, Jarvis Op, California Highway Patrol officer in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. We thank you, sir, for your very good deed. And we want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for uh, our hearts. Let's just say my heart. We don't need to do the royal we here. Thank you very much for uh, supporting Barry Arms, Cam and Company, for supporting Barry Arms, the website. Uh, if you would like to support it even more, 
You can always become a VIP member. Just go to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNS. You can get 25% off of your VIP membership. And uh, in exchange, we're going to give you exclusive analysis, commentary, stuff you won't get anywhere else. Uh, but you will also get that warm, fuzzy feeling, knowing that you're helping to uh, support programs like Barry and Arms Cam and Company each and every day. So, again, we really do thank you. It means a lot to us. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information. Until then, be sure to check out BarryandArms.com throughout the day. And uh, be well, be safe, and be free. <laughs>